our solution. Um, it's a kiosk that's deployed at essential work sites like manufacturing plants and warehouses, and it automates the point of care testing process and uh, the processes that surround on-site testing operations. So it's a very turnkey solution that's uh, hands-off for the employer. So the eight, uh, the human resource managers and leaders, they don't need to uh, operate uh, the testing site daily through our solution. Welcome to Startup Health Now, the podcast about the entrepreneurs and innovators reimagining the future of health. I'm your host, Logan Plaster. Here are a couple things we learned as a society from the COVID-19 pandemic. One is that knowledge is power, and a quick diagnostic test can help us understand our risk of spreading a virus to others. We also learned that testing technology means nothing if it's not accessible. If you have to schedule an appointment to get tested three days after you feel symptoms, and then you have to wait another three or four days for the results, the whole system grinds to a halt. Accurate tests aren't enough. We also have to get them into the right hands at the right time. That's where our guests today come in. Michael Tu and Claire Zhu are the co-founders of Every Place Labs, which Startup Health backed in 2021. As the name cleverly suggests, Every Place Labs is designing a way to make diagnostic testing, whether for COVID or flu or anything else, available just about anywhere. They've built a kiosk, essentially a diagnostic testing vending machine that can walk a patient through the administration of a test and then process the results right there in the machine. The product, really a first of its kind, is being piloted at large manufacturers where workers can often have a hard time accessing healthcare resources. But it really has implications for any community lacking access to basic diagnostic testing. In our conversation, we'll get into their recent pilot, learn how the machine works, and hear what comes next for their broader commercialization efforts. Stick around. Michael, Claire, thanks for taking time with me today and uh, filling me in on Every Place Labs. Oh, thanks for having us. So um, you've created something that I think is really unique, and that's saying something in a health innovation field. Uh, you know, mm -hmm. twenty thousand companies in America alone, uh, healthcare startups. I'm, I'm sure that number is fuzzy, but a lot. There's a lot of startups out there. I've mm -hmm. met a lot of them, and I before I met Every Place Labs, I hadn't really seen anything like what you were building, uh, and you. so that's really exciting. So why don't you go ahead and tell us what is Every Place Labs? What is it you've built? Mm -hmm. So at Every Place Labs, we're developing a self-service kiosk for diagnostic testing at essential work sites. Uh, so our our solution, um, it's a kiosk that's deployed at essential work sites like manufacturing plants and warehouses and it automates the point of care testing process and uh, the processes that surround on-site testing operations. So it's a very turnkey solution that's uh, hands-off for the employer. So the, eight, uh, the human resource managers and leaders, they don't need to uh, operate uh, the testing site daily through our solution. And then for the employees, we found that uh, essential workers, uh, like manufacturing plant workers, they often work very rigorous work schedules. Um, manufacturing workers, they often work 12-hour shifts with only two 20-minute breaks and a 30-minute break in between. Because of this, they don't have enough time uh, to leave the work site to get tested when they need testing. And after work, they have very limited personal time left over to seek health care. And so what we learned is uh, by deploying our system at the work site, we enable uh, these employees to be tested 
uh, in a very convenient way that minimizes uh, how much uh, any inter- it minimizes interference with their personal time. Got it. Okay, so like a, a vending machine for medical testing. C- Claire, what kind of tests? Obviously, this is a really uh, important issue right now with people thinking about COVID testing, but I know it's more than that. So what kind of tests are we talking about being available? Sure. So you're absolutely right. COVID is top of mind for a lot of employers. So um, one of our first tests is going to be a COVID test for contact tracing and return to work testing in workplaces. Uh, which is particularly important, especially as employers face a tight labor market um, and absenteeism due to COVID. Uh, Beyond that, the platform can be expanded to a really wide range of tests that are commonly used at work sites. So um, one of those tests would be substance abuse testing for both pre-employment, post-accident, as well as random drug screenings. Um, We also intend to provide chronic disease testing through the platform as well. So that annual biometric checkup that you get at work, um, that's something that you can get through our kiosk as well. Okay, walk me through, Michael, a a typical user experience. So um, let's just take, would a flu test be a possibility? Mm -hmm. So let's say I'm working at a manufacturing plant, like you said, long hours, tough conditions, and I'm feeling flu-like symptoms on the job. Let's say that this this facility has every place labs, this kiosk, vending machine sort of situation. Walk me through the, the person's experience. Mm-hmm, definitely. So we're developing a combo flu COVID test. So our test will give you an indication of uh, whether you have flu or COVID. So if you're a manufacturing plant worker and you're starting to feel ill at work, uh, let's say you have a mild cough, you may wonder if you have flu or COVID. And so you can find out right away by going to our kiosk. And so what you would, you would receive a, you would first fill out a questionnaire online uh, to write, uh, to input your, your symptoms and based upon your, lo- your location, you'll be directed to a nearby every place labs kiosk. Uh, just, to, just to pause you and make sure we get each of these steps. So is it sort of autonomous? So as a worker, mm-hmm. I know we have an every place labs uh, yeah. kiosk. I mm-hmm. have an app and I can just kind of be in charge of my own testing. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it, it's completely self-initiated by the employee. And so uh, they fill out the questionnaire and then they get directed to the nearby kiosk. Since they're at the work site, they'll be directed to the kiosk that's at the work site. It's in a private location, a private conference room or a private office as an example. And so they go to the kiosk and they have a QR code on their phone. So they start off by scanning the QR code on their phone on the kiosk. And the kiosk will use the information on the QR code to determine uh, which test this employee needs. And so the kiosk has a vending mechanism. So if this employee needs a COVID flu test, then it will dispense a test kit for COVID flu testing. In the future, if they need a drug test or a chronic disease test, it will dispense a test kit that's associated with those types of tests. And so uh, the employee will receive the test kit and then inside there are a number of different components. There is a cartridge inside and there's a, a swab and uh, self sanitization wipes. Uh, So the kiosk has a screen with instructions that that guides the user through the self-testing process and how to collect your sample yourself. Got it. And so you go for it, Logan. No, no, no. I was just going to say, and then I'm assuming you put it back into the machine. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So uh, you open open the test kit, you self-collect your sample, and you simply insert the sample into the cartridge, and then you insert the cartridge into the machine, and then the machine automates the rest of the testing process from there. So it automates the sample reagent mixing, uh, sample dispensing onto a test strip. And then there's a vision system inside the kiosk that images the test strip. 
at the 15 minute mark. And then we have an AI enabled image processing algorithm that analyzes the image to, de to determine if you're positive for flu or COVID or if you're negative. And so after you insert the cartridge, you can simply walk away and you'll receive results on your phone in 15 minutes. So you're only spending about five minutes of active time in, the, in this process. Is designing this for um, like clinical accuracy, is that a huge challenge? And is it one you've been able to overcome? Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, clinical accuracy, uh, demonstrating clinical accuracy is, uh, is very important to us. Uh, so one of the challenges with uh, patient-initiated testing is uh, user mistakes that may occur in the process. So our methodology is to automate as much um, automate all the manual steps in the testing process, including uh, sample reagent mixing that releases the viral antigen from the viral shell, uh, sample dispensing onto a test strip so that the same volume of sample is dropped onto each test strip. So we're, it's a very consistent process. And then instead of a, uh, the patient self-interpreting the test strip with their eyes, uh, our kiosk automatically interprets the result for them. So it removes it. subjectivity from the process. Got it. it. It makes me think of the some of the at-home COVID tests that I've taken and my children have taken that have required mm -hmm. me to you know, titrate a liquid right, right, into right. a, into a beaker or whatever it is and, uh, and to read it myself. So we're mm -hmm. currently allowing a lot of, uh, personal human error enter mm -hmm. into it. Right, uh, exactly. Claire, question for you. Um, you know, the name of the company is every place labs. This is something that can be placed in a, a variety of environments. And I think about, you know, here's my question for you is, you know, what role does, you know, putting these, kiosks in different types of locations kind of what what role does that have in bringing like access to healthcare to different communities where would you like to see these deployed sure so um, part of our initial focus on essential work sites is the patient population or the employee population that are in those places right so a lot of manufacturing plants are uh, employing workers that uh, do tend to be lower income and do tend to have access to care issues so we're starting with the work site as a place where um, employees can start to get access to care. Uh, but certainly, as you're suggesting, there are a lot of other environments where this platform could really expand access to care. Um, this kiosk can be placed in environments where there are no healthcare workers, which would allow us to place these in retail locations um, in more rural areas to increase access to care there. Um, these could be placed um, in homeless shelters to help uh, community health clinics reach the populations that reside in those areas. So we see a lot of potential, certainly outside of the work site, um, but certainly the work site is part of our plan to kind of increase access to underserved populations. Got it. M Michael, I understand that the product is still in development. You're still early, but you've had some, some recent traction, some recent news. Why don't you tell me kind of where is the product at right now? Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. So we recently completed assembling our beta system. Uh, so this beta system, uh, it's a prototype that uh, resembles a real product. Uh, it, it has the, uh, the optimized uh, industrial design for the kiosk shell and the user interface and the user experience that the patient would go through for self-testing themselves. It also has an, an internal analysis engine that automates the testing process inside. Uh, so before this, we developed an alpha prototype, which was the analysis engine uh, that automates the testing process. And we conducted analytical studies in the lab uh, for flu and COVID. And we compared ourselves against the BD Veritor reader, uh, a common point of care reader you would find at doctor's, doctor offices for point of care flu and COVID testing. 
And we found that our alpha prototype has a better accuracy uh, than the BD reader, and it's a more sensitive system than a BD reader. And so uh, with the beta system, we plan to conduct a clinical trial um, at a community health clinic, uh, most likely in the Boston area, um, that serves the homeless population. And here we'll uh, validate our, the real-world sensitivity and specificity of our beta system when patients who are symptomatic for COVID uh, uses our system. And we'll be comparing our results with uh, PCR results from the lab to validate this accuracy. Okay. Uh, in parallel, uh, we're also doing a pilot at a manufacturing worksite. So one of our pilot partners is Numera. It's a global medical device company uh, headquartered in France, and they have a 430 employee manufacturing plant in Buffalo Grove, Illinois. And so uh, the head of HR at Numera joined our advisory board to represent the voice of our, our target customer in the employer health space. And uh, she and her team is one of our pilot partners. And we'll, we'll be deploying our system at this worksite and have manufacturing plant workers uh, go through the user experience. So they'll go through the process of you know, scanning the QR code, uh, using the cartridge, self-collecting their sample and, and putting the cartridge into the system. And we're gonna review uh, the user experience to see what types of mistakes they're making so we can improve our, our user interface design before the clinical trial. Nice, okay, so clinical trial in Boston uh, at a, a homeless shelter and then a pilot program with a large manufacturer. Um, mm -hmm. What's kind of your timeline or roadmap? Is that gonna take all of 2022? When do mm -hmm. you hope, if everything goes as planned, to kind of come out of that and to expand to your next um, pilot or product? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so uh, for the usability phase pilot uh, at the manufacturing plant, our goal is to complete that in Q1 of this year. Okay. Uh, so uh, we, we've completed most of the willingness to use phase of that pilot where we uh, conducted consumer surveys on the manufacturing plant workers that work at this plant. And they, across a variety of use cases, uh, they, they preferred our testing solution over other testing options in the market, uh, including at-home tests, uh, which we found interestingly uh, none of the manufacturing plant workers have used before at this plant. Interesting. Um, yeah, that, they, that they actually cool. just weren't testing. The, you know, it's like if you had flu-like symptoms, you just weren't going to go get tested. Um, uh, I'll, I'll let Claire uh, share a little bit more about that. Yeah, plant. so correct. Um, presently at this manufacturing plant, they don't have any type of on-site testing solution. So for these employees, they're kind of left to their own devices to seek out testing when appropriate. Um, so placing something like this on site would enable um, more employees to get tested as needed, whether for contact tracing or because they're symptomatic in the workplace. Claire, if you had to put a real human yeah. face on this, uh, thinking about who really benefits from rapid, you know, autonomous testing, um, paint me a picture of, of the kind of patient that, that really um, sees the real world health benefits of this. Sure. So Michael, I think, alluded to this a little bit earlier, but, um, you know, we know best the manufacturing plant workers, since that's where we spent most of our time, better understanding the use case for this product. Um, and so as Michael mentioned, these are these are manufacturing plants that are operating 24-7, and these are employees that are working 12-hour shifts, whether that's from 6 a.m. to 6 p.m. or from 6 p.m. to 6 a.m., and working those shifts um, really doesn't allow them a lot of time before or after work to seek any type of health care. Um, and when they are at work, they're on a very strict schedule um, where there are very limited breaks, both for lunch as well as general breaks throughout the workday. Um, there's not really an opportunity for them to leave the site to get tested. Um, and if they do leave the site to get tested, uh, there are significant productivity uh, impacts to the workplace 
you know, entire manufacturing lines may have to go down if there are large enough numbers of people that are not there. And so um, there are a lot of constraints in this type of work environment, both on the employer and the employee. Um, and so in providing a testing option on site, uh, these types of employees who might otherwise delay care or not seek care um, can get care in a timely manner during the short breaks that they do have. Um, and for employers, they can prevent any type of um, extreme situations of absenteeism that could imp impact the productivity of their firm. So um, that that's an example of kind of the type of situation in which we find our product to be most impactful. Yeah, yeah. Um, Michael, it, it sort of interests me that you are really creating a, a new piece of hardware in an environment, in a health tech ecosystem that tends towards software and SaaS platforms. You're taking on a real hardware challenge, mm -hmm. also at a time with you know supply chain breakdowns and some, some mm -hmm. additional right. hardware challenges. And so I wonder if you could just kind of tell us what that has been like developing the, the hardware itself and what some of those hurdles have been. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, definitely. Um, as you mentioned, uh, the employer health space, it's non-traditional to medical devices. It's a newer space for medical devices. Uh, traditionally, medical device companies uh, sell their products to hospitals. Uh, so this is definitely a new frontier for the medical device industry. Um, and so uh, as part of that, uh, it's interesting we're, uh, on the fundraising side, uh, it's it's, the challenge is finding uh, folks who understand the employer health space and the hardware development space and the regulatory yeah. pathway. And then, so there's a bit of a chicken and the egg where we need to raise funds to develop the hardware, but we also need to develop hardware to raise the funds. Uh, so we uh, scrap together funds as we can and really bootstrap and uh, push the product forward in a very lean way. Uh, in terms of like the supply chain shortage, we uh, buy components in advance if we anticipate there may be shortages. Uh, as example, swabs, uh, some of our uh, microprocessors inside our system, uh, there, are there are different shortages in the market right now, so we buy those in advance. Um, and then in terms of the hardware development, uh, you know, we have a, one, our industrial design partner. Uh, they're, uh, they've been a, a great partner for us. They've gone above and beyond in helping us develop the industrial design for our beta system. And, uh, they, you know, they offered us really great pricing. So it helped us keep costs low and uh, really uh, develop this in a cost-effective manner. So, so being uh, in hardware might make it hard to sell for some investors, but I'm guessing, uh, this is a question, uh, does it also create a different, an important differentiation for others? Do you find that while some don't want to go there, just traditionally, mm -hmm. others, yeah. their interest is peaked because it's different? Mm -hmm. I think is that so. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so I think uh, uh, for the investors who don't want to go there, they typically see the value in it, but they want to come in after we have FDA approval, Got as it. an example. Uh, okay. But I think for the investors who have a higher risk tolerance, who are willing, willing to come in before FDA approval, they see higher barriers to entry and higher differentiation. So, uh, you know, it may cost, uh, if someone wants to copy us and uh, come into the market, uh, they, it will cost them, you know, five to $10 million to also develop a system similar to ours. Got it. We already have, a, we already have IP filings in place to, you know, Got it. prevent them from coming in. Yeah, so that device becomes the moat around your, your idea, around your mm -hmm. company. Uh, yeah. So you are seeking FDA approval. What does that roadmap look like? Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, so uh, right now uh, we're in the proof of concept stage. After we validate the sensitivity and specificity of our beta system in the clinical trial, uh, we'll be developing our pre-production system. And this is what we will be submitting to the FDA 
uh, for a FDA 510K approval uh, with a home use designation, which allows patients to uh, self-initiate the tests uh, in any location, whether it's in, in the home or in a community setting. Uh, so uh, the way we think about our pathway to FDA submission is um, assuming we're fully funded, uh, we can get to the FDA submission in about a year. Um, and this is assuming, you know, we have all the funds right now to really push everything forward. Got it. Uh, final question, Claire, if someone's listening to this and they want to partner with you, uh, who is the ideal Every Place Labs partner at this stage in your development? Sure. So um, we are looking for commercial partners, um, specifically organizations that are interested in implementing an on-site testing solution. Um, we're looking for folks who can help uh, deploy our system to their employee population um, and help us kind of validate the use case for this, um, demonstrate the impact that it would have uh, on your employee population and on your workplace. Um, and we're specifically looking for employers that are kind of in those essential worker spaces. So manufacturing plants, transportation, warehousing, uh, retail, um, schools, law enforcement, um, anything like that where you have employees that are at high risk of exposure um, that could use uh, on-site COVID testing or flu testing uh, to kind of keep uh, the public health of uh, your employees and you know your communities uh, there and safe. Awesome. Any final word from you, Michael? Um, I just wanted to answer one of your questions from before I didn't get to answer. Yeah, go uh, for it. Uh, for the clinical trial, the timing for that is we're targeting to start that in May and complete it in summer of this year. That's the one in Boston. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Awesome. Um, well, that's the time that we have today. Michael, Claire, I really appreciate your time with me today. We're really excited about this challenge that you've taken on. It's, it's a creative look at really opening up access, not mm -hmm. just to testing, but to care. And I see this as the beginning of um, bringing other types of care to, to these locations and turning non-traditional spaces like a community center, a library, um, these manufacturing plants into places of care. And I think that's, that's really exciting and I, and I love what you're doing. Oh, thank you, Logan. Thanks so much for having us today. Thank you for having us. Keep up the great work and hope to see you soon. Take care. You too. See you in Miami. <laughs> see you in Miami. Take care. listening to Startup Health Now. Startup Health invests in health transformers from around the world who are committed to achieving audacious health moonshots. If you want to learn how you can join this community of entrepreneurs, or if you want to connect with one of our 380 companies, go to startuphealth.com. If you'd like to learn how you can invest in our Health Moonshot Impact Fund in collaboration with AngelList, go to healthmoonshots.com. Thanks for listening to Startup Health Now. We'll be back next week.